Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Today is another special episode. I am in Lincoln, Nebraska this time uh, with uh, Tony Goins, the owner, one of the owners of uh, Capital Cigar Lounge uh, here in Lincoln and the Humidor Coach. He's still the Humidor Coach. You haven't fired him, right? No, no, not at all. Not at all. He's 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 head of Humidor Operations. There he got go. promoted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got coaches that report to him. That's right. <laughs> uh, Jeff Fry, Jeff. Tony, thank you so much for uh, taking a little bit of time uh, this evening to come back to Simply Stogies. I want to talk about COVID. I want to talk about the impact of COVID uh, and what you guys did, what, you, what you've done, what you're going to be doing, all, all of that good stuff. But before we do, make sure you head over to creativebraincandy.com. Check out some of the great podcasts we have over there, including Smoking and Drinking in Space, not to toot my own horn, but another podcast that I do where you get to see a different side of me. We talk about sci-fi films and uh, we watch them so you don't have to. So check it out, creativebraincandy.com. Uh, and if you want to be a podcaster, uh, Bad Gamers Anonymous is looking for two podcasters. Uh, no experience required. Click the apply button at the top uh, and you too can join the Creative Brain Candy family. Okay, so that's all out of the way. That's all I had to do. Let's talk about COVID real quick and then I want to get to your book because you, you've written a book and I think it's fantastic. Sure. Thank you. What have you guys done when COVID hit? So a few months ago, I was here in February and then in March, like all hell broke loose. What what did you guys do? Well, uh, I have the privilege of serving the citizens of Nebraska as the head of economic development for the state. So um, I knew the day that we were going to do the what I call the control shutdown across the state. And so immediately when the word came down, I sent a text message out to Brian Austin and Jeff. I said, well, we got to close the day, gents, and let's meet up in the lounge and really think through what this is going to mean for us and how we're really going to uh, survive right. through this shutdown. We had no idea as to how long it would last. So we're doing this podcast in the conference room. This is the room where the plan was hatched and the governor uh, signed an executive order the same day we did the shutdown that would allow uh, alcohol to be delivered and purchased and sold outside of the store. So we knew that that was going to have to be part of our strategy. And we're known here for our cocktails as well as our cigars. And uh, Brylin and team, they just do a phenomenal job in terms of our old fashions, our Manhattans, our Moscow Mules, the whole menu of cocktails. And so one of the things we did was we hatched a plan to kind of think about prohibition and Moonshine used to be in mason jars. So we went out and uh, we ordered and purchased a bunch bunch of mace, mason jars. And then Jeff kind of thought about, so now how do we push the cigars along with the cocktails? And we decided we would do 
deliveries. So we kind of worked through the delivery plan, what that would look like. You know, there was all kind of conversations around whether we should charge for deliveries. And I think we ended up landing like we wouldn't charge. Yeah. If it was over $50. $50. Yeah, we wouldn't charge. So um, and then we had to create the whole social media so people knew we had to adjust our website. We had a new POS system called Toast. So Jeff was instrumental in setting up the Toast system so that you could order directly from the website. And we would actually get a ticket ticket print out when you ordered. Uh, if it was a delivery order, we would also get an email notification. So Jeff managed all of that part. But I think the large drivers, so, so because then we had to think about, you know, how do we keep our teammates safe? You know, that really centered around wearing masks, wearing gloves, sanitizing the uh, apparatuses that you use to check people out. But then we started thinking about how do we drive traffic? And so we knew about Charles Phillips and uh, his family. They own a company called Mary Ellen's Barbecue. And wherever that Mary Ellen's truck would go, you would see cars. (laughs) And Charles had been a partner of ours uh, he actually uh, was here the day we did our grand opening and served food. And so we already had a relationship with Charles. And so we decided to leverage that relationship even more. We called him, I think it was on a Wednesday, and we debated about when we should start. And I said, we're going to start Friday. So two days later, Charles pulled his truck up. We put it on Facebook. There was a line of people. We developed a process by which we would actually physically deliver the cigars and the cocktails to your car while you were in line waiting to get your barbecue. And we had handheld uh, apparatuses to take the order. Uh, Jeff kind of worked through how we would take it and what would happen. And that's what we did. It was fantastic watching it unfold on Facebook because you would do Facebook lives with when they would show up. And you, I, I remember watching you. And you were talking and you were showing the line of cars out, <laughs> around literally the building, out around, around the, building. the yeah. building. Yeah, And I'm like, that's fantastic because there are a lot of cigar shops. There's a lot of small business, period, that aren't going to make it out of this or didn't yeah. make it out of this. And so to see you guys really thrive was fantastic. And I was I was very pleased to see that. Well, you know, for us, failure wasn't an option. Yeah. And I think really it's not about this lounge. It's about the teammates. We've got the best teammates that I've ever worked with, you know, and myself, Jeff and Austin and Brian, we meet every Monday. We have robust conversations, but we leave the room very unified. And I love the conversation and the back and forth because that gives us the opportunity to make sure that not only is everybody heard, but it just creates an atmosphere where we have more ideas. There's, what do you, what do you I mean, there's Jeff? definitely uh there's definitely a little creative tension there, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all come from varying backgrounds. Um, you know, sometimes I'm the dark storm cloud or the the realist of the group who's <laughs> got a real, realist back in. I would and, have never thought. Yeah, that. yeah, I never would have thought of that, huh? <laughs> right. um, so yeah, the contrarian of the group, everybody needs one to kind of just be that devil's advocate. You know, so what if this happens on the way home with their their mason jars or you know whatever? <laughs> right. But I mean, just like you said, when you saw it on Facebook Live. That energy here was just, it was amazing. Tony was talking to each car and be like, Jeff, two more Manhattans, you know, like, and, and like, I'm running back in and get them. And, and that first day it was a little slower, it but was. man, once it got rolling, I mean, we were selling more drinks to go in a night than we would sell in a day when we were open. That's true. Like it That's was, fantastic. it was crazy. Some of those, like, I mean, it got to be like, I mean, 
over 100, 100 uh, units a night. And I mean, there's some cigars that are going in there, but we were introducing people who had never heard of Capital Cigar Lounge to our cocktails because they were here for the Mary Ellen's. Yeah. They were right. here for the barbecue. And, and that was kind of one of the keys was, you know, get, introducing new people to the shop even during a shutdown. And so we'll, we'll circle back to this. Tony's got to go. So he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of time. Yeah. It's date <laughs> night. And that's very important. I understand that. It is. <laughs> uh, uh, trust me. Happy wife. Happy life. Happy wife. Uh, uh, Jeff and I know that. We yeah. talk about that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I'm smoking shorter cigars. Yeah. <laughs> So I want I want to talk. You've written a book. I have. Yeah. Uh, it, it's called uh, Something in the Water. Yep. Why don't you tell everybody what it's about and then where the proceeds go? Because you yeah. didn't write it to to make money for no, yourself. No, 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 no. I, I I haven't taken a dime from this project, and that was the plan from uh, the start. So, Something in the Water: The Story of Lincoln's Founders and Builders um, really had to do with my experience of moving here to Lincoln, Nebraska, and being accepted and really welcome to the community. But the thing that really triggered the book was I just kept meeting these entrepreneurs that had businesses that had not just national, but international reach. Yeah. And this is a town of about 300,000 people. And name after name after name, you know, Mike Dunlap and Jeff Norhook, Nelnet, largest student lending servicing operation in the country. Uh, Mark- I, I am intimately familiar with now <laughs> i'm sure you are more than you want to be yeah, I'm, I'm sure you are i'm sure you are you know uh, mark lebaron which every harley davidson in the world the chrome on that harley davidson is made right here in lincoln nebraska um and i mean listen uh, robert duncan and todd duncan from duncan aviation which is the largest family-owned aviation company in in the country bill kubley who owns landscape sun limited this is the largest in about four categories the largest golf course developer in the world, not the United States, wow. in the world. And the beauty of meeting these folks is that they never kind of talked about their titles and all this kind of stuff. They were just really kind, nice people that would have a cup of coffee with you and would just share with you their stories. So I kept my friend Jay Wilkinson, who owns Firespring, it's a marketing and ad agency and a technology company, and they actually do operations. They have operations, they do business in 52 countries. I said, Jay, there's got to be something in the water here because this is not normal to have a town of 300,000 people, uh, to have the number of entrepreneurs that have these massive have impact with impact around the world. Right. And I said, has anyone ever captured these stories? I said, because I, I really think it should be a business book, should be, uh, you know, like a Harvard review right. of how to become an entrepreneur. And he says, no, nah, nobody's ever captured. And, you know, it's this whole thing about Nebraska nice and humility like you've never seen and i kept nagging jay about why isn't somebody capturing these stories so one day he called me he says tony meet me up at the lincoln country club we're both members there so i walk in the country club and i sit down i think we're gonna have dinner he pulls out the cover of a book and he said and it says something in the water the story of lincoln's founders and builders by anthony goins I said, what do you mean by anthony goins i hadn't written a book he said no but you are gonna write it but you're gonna do it you're gonna do it and I said, man, I said, but I don't think I'm, I'm not the guy to do this. He says, no, you are the guy because you're not here. And every point that you've brought out, none of us realized it. This, we, been, we live here, so it's just normal to us. Right. But you've got so much to compare it to. I've lived in, at, at the time, I lived in 13 different states. Uh, no, 13 cities and 10 states. Okay. So I had a lot to compare it to. And he says, you're the person to do it. So anyway, we 
pull together our operations meeting. We sat down. We start checking off the name of entrepreneurs. Um, we formulated a set of 20 questions. And then we, I sent a personal email to each one of them asking them if they would participate to the project. We told them that it was going to go to a nonprofit. Uh, we will find a cause to donate all of the proceeds to. And in typical Nebraska style, they all said yes. So my job in this project was I had an iPad and a microphone, a double mic, and I would go to the person's place of business. We would both mic up and I would simply ask the questions and allow them to tell their story. And it was supposed to be an hour, but there was not one interview that lasted an hour because they both, all of them were passionate about what they, their stories. They were passionate about sure. the challenges that they had been through and almost losing their business and how they fought back. Um, every place of business that I went to before we sat down to do the interview, they wanted to walk me around their business and introduce me to all of the employees. I remember vividly going into Landscapes Unlimited and Bill Kubley took an hour. He knew something personal about it every one of his employees in wow. the office every one of them and he went to each one of them and says hey tony this is so-and-so and this is where he's from and as a matter of fact on their name tag they have where they're from on their oh, name that's tag. fantastic and he had a, a a specific personal story about each one of them and you could just see the teammate just blow up with pride like bill Cooper, here's this important guy when he touches down at the masters he doesn't need credentials right but he knows who i am and he cares about what i do and for me, that just drove home the point that culture really does matter, people matter. And then we went into this massive conference room with all of this golf memorabilia on the wall with Jack Nicholas and any famous golf you can think about. They all know Mr. Kubley. And we he sat back in his chair and he began to tell the story. So that's the the really the genesis of how it, the book started. It took three years to do the project. Oh wow! You know, once we would get the recordings. Phil Whitmarsh with uh, Red Red Brush, which is a subsidiary of Firespring. He has a publishing company. They would take the recording. I would electronically transfer it to them. They would create a transcript. I would sit down at night, read the transcript, make my edits. Then I would send it to the uh, person, you know, to the business owner. Right. They would make their edits. So the edit process went back and forth. And then we would send it in for the final and then they all submitted these wonderful pictures and then Phil said Tony what do you want this I said I don't want it to be like a, a, a business book I want it to have business stories but I want it to be a tabletop yeah, coffee, coffee book, table coffee, coffee table, table book yeah, yeah. That they could put out and people would enjoy it and and it would still be a business book but it would have a, a different flair to it so that it would create it would look like an experience is the way I kind of framed it and so Phil came back and he delivered on I had to write my my stuff in it, of course. And then I asked Governor Ricketts if he would do the forward for me, and he was excited, and he did it. And then my good friend Tim Clare, who's chair of the Regents Board, uh, asked him to do the the afterward. That's great. Where can they buy the book? Uh, well, there's there's a website, uh, www. I think it's something in the water the book. com. I think something in the water book. Yeah. Yeah, something and in the water book. I, and I'll get the link. It'll be we'll in the show We'll get the link. Notes. Yep, yep, yep. You just order it. You know, the website is fairly simplistic you order it and jay has a fulfillment center at his operation fire spring and you're very passionate about this kind of stuff you have a young professional tuesday we do 
we that, do. that you put on that you have you have young people, young professionals come in and you have speakers. We do. You want to talk about that a little bit? I think it's great. I see it on Facebook all the time uh, yeah. from you guys. What is that about? Basically, um, I don't think we've really had a lot of people from the book and we've had a couple from the book, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but they are, uh, you know, local entrepreneurs and a lot of them, what they have in common is they, they all got knocked down sometime. That's right. And, you know, you know, they picked themselves back up and, and became very successful people. Um, and it's a chance to get these young professionals in to have FaceTime with this person because they don't just talk and then just peace out out the door or anything like that. They hang around for a couple hours afterwards, interact with these young professionals. Um, and, you know, they've, they've become good customers of ours. Um, you know, we, we used to do a podcast or a Facebook Live coffee, cigars, and conversation. Yeah. A lot of them have participated in that with us, the, the young professionals from that group. And it's just really nice getting getting some young blood into a cigar lounge because it's uh, demographically we're, we're, we we kind of lack that you a know bit, kind of a thing. little bit cigars bit. we we talked about that uh, the last episode earlier today with Jeff Dolls it's typically you paint with a broad brush but it's yeah. typically old white guys that come into a cigar lounge yeah. right so yep. it's a, it's you're bringing people into the hobby in a very roundabout way about something else that you're very passionate about i love that i think it's yeah. i think it's great i and think it's I, fantastic and i already think we're probably one of the most diverse cigar lounges i've ever been to i mean we have people from all walks of life from the the painter that's still covered in paint from that day yeah. to the guy in the you know fifteen hundred dollar suit <sighs> that just wants you know the the 18 year mccallan scotch and a cigar yep. i mean we run the whole gamut here um it is it is amazing and we probably have 20% of our clientele are, are female, like, which is unusual yeah. too. So, and I want to, I want to talk about, there's so much that I want to talk about, but I know <laughs> Tony's short on time. So there's things that I really want to get to. So yeah. you're, you're okay. going to have to speak to a lot of that here in just a little well, bit. Well, well, I, I think that, that female, the, the female clientele is an important lever. Um, and I want to share this about our ventilation system, which was very intentional because we saw based on the data, the rise in terms of uh, females that are starting to enjoy cigar. I mean, you can see it. Oh, yeah. Data shows it. You see it in the industry. And so what we said was we needed a state of the art ventilation system so that we would be able to attract women. So we had a, a, a ventilation system that was custom built by a company called Train, T-R-A-N-E. My good friend, God rest his soul, Phil Siegel from Havana Fields in Greensboro, had a, had a system in his lounge. And when we went down to visit, I mean, it was just such a clean air environment. So he we connected the engineers from Lincoln, Nebraska to the engineers in Greensboro, North Carolina, and they basically gave them the code oh, wow. to build this ventilation system. It's a custom built system just for this space. It works fantastic. And it was the first one they built. Because I've been here, the last time I was here, it was it was pretty packed. Mm-hmm. And there's no smoke that hangs around. Yeah. Like it, it, it comes and it immediately goes. Well, it's an air intake system that pumps 40 to 50 tons of clean air in every five yeah. to 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It turns over the air every five minutes. When I stop in here in the morning, somehow I'll stop in to grab paperwork on, on the, the way to my, <laughs> way to my, <laughs> my day job. Right. And it doesn't smell like a stale cigar when you come in here. Yeah. I mean, it just, it it's, it's great. No. And then when COVID hit, we took it a step further. So there's a technology out there. It's basically NASA technology. And in layman's term, they call it air scrubbers. So Dave Olson, who owns this entire complex, uh, he's up, our partner because he owns the business, the building, I stand corrected. Um, he called us one day and he says, Tony, there's a technology out there. And he says, it's a little pricey, but I think you guys it would do you well to purchase it. And they're called air scrubbers. And so basically what it does is you, they, they are, they're actually, it's actually in the exhaust system. 
and it creates this ultraviolet light and this emission that happens, I think it's like every 12 hours. And what it does is it kills contaminants in the air and on the surface. Oh, wow. So that was very intentional because once COVID hit, we knew at some point we were going to reopen and we wanted to create some level of reassurance for our customers that we had done everything possible to make sure that they were safe. And I, and I really want to hit on this point. And this isn't a knock on anywhere else that I've been because everybody makes choices. This lounge is the only lounge that I've been in in Nebraska in the last two days that seems to take COVID very seriously. Oh, yeah. You guys... Wear well, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff and I don't have a choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the, everyone wears a mask. Yeah. Uh, everyone does the, the no handshakes. Like, That's right. I, I went to shake your hand because I'm so used to that still because this is literally the first time I've ventured out in the last six months. And you're like, nope, elbow. And I'm like, oh, elbow. Yeah, yeah. We but call it Pete Rick's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> but everywhere else I've been, it's not that they don't care, I don't think. I think it's more of it's just we're going to get back to normal. But you guys are like, no, no, no. It's still not normal. That's right. We've got hand sanitizing stations everywhere. Over at the front door there, we got the hand sanitizer on. You know. We require a mask in the humidor. We do. And the, one of the main reasons for that is there's, there, except for a ceiling fan, there's no air circulation in there. Right. So anything that comes out of somebody's mouth is in there. <laughs> like, And you have these great table toppers that say, hey, this table has been sanitized. Been sanitized, yep. yeah. After, and you've got other ones that say it hasn't been sanitized. Yep, like, yep. don't sit here. Don't yep. sit here. After every time customers leave, our teammates come to sanitize. We use a, 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 a great solution that actually kills the virus. I mean, it's, it's industrial strength. Uh, and then every Monday, we have a firm that comes in, uh, janitorial firm, and they sterilize this place from top to bottom. Wow. Yeah, Jameson's firm. I mean, he he uh, and he takes his time and he does it right. So every you, seat, everything gets wiped out. So you see that as an investment. You have to, with the amount of money you spend on it, you have to see it as an investment, not just in your health, but in the health of your customers um, and and our teammates. I and mean, our that's, teammates, that's kind of our, our teammates first, first and thing, foremost. Yeah. It's the teammates first. Jeff and I don't want one of our teammates coming in here and working in an environment that we haven't made sure that as leaders of this firm, that we do what's necessary to keep them safe first and then the customers, because the teammates are here longer than the customers. In the last two lounges I've been at, we Jeff Dahl and his wife Mary at, at Safari and you guys here, it's very team oriented, family oriented. You're trying to build a culture of family. You have to. We're all getting together for lunch tomorrow before getting work. Getting together for lunch tomorrow. Yeah. Next next Sunday, Tony is uh, graciously buying us brunch at the country club to all get together and yeah. as a group. And yeah, we we we're one big family here. I'll we pick are. up an application when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. There's one thing that I really want to talk to you about, and then I, I promise I'll let you go. Sure. As a lounge owner, what do you want Johnny Cigar Smoker and Jane Cigar Smoker to know when they walk in that you're doing? outside of the business. And what I mean by that is, is we all have to deal with the FDA. We all have to deal with state government. Sure we do. There's a fight, right? There's always a fight. Mm -hmm. And even though we just won a big fight against the FDA, we did. it's now local. I honestly think that that's where the fight's going to go next is local. So what do you guys do as a lounge owner, as a business, as a small business owner? What What's that look like for them? Because we talk about all the time, Support local, support your local B and M. Sure. What does that What does that mean? 
you know, for us, James, it's, it's, we stay at a, at a strategic level. So what we say is our mission is we create many vacations for our friends, period, end of story. So in the world where digital and technology and all this stuff is going crazy, you can walk through the doors of the Capital Cigar Lounge. And this is your haven. This is your mini vacation. And let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get teammates that treat customers like friends because relationships matter. You're going to get an unparalleled experience with every visit. You're going to see teammates having fun. They laugh. We buy food. But they're still professional. And you're going to see our name out in the community because we operate for the greater good of the community. What we also say is this is a place for everybody. Even if you are the most sophisticated aficionado like Jeff or you are a first time beginner, you never had a cigar in your life. You've only heard about cigars and you've never been in a lounge. We make everyone feel extremely welcome. Uh, Jeff has trained his staff. So not only do they know how to cut a cigar, they know how to light a cigar. They have a conversation about your palate. They walk you through the different blends. But it's really not about that. It's about we make recommendations and we have the trust. We build that trust within that first 30 seconds. And so the customer is typically comfortable with our recommendations. And I can tell you almost 100 percent of the time they come in and say, hey, that was a great cigar. I appreciate you recommending that for me to me. And then they are open for another recommendation. And so what we want, what we, we don't really focus so much on the current regulatory environment. What we focus on is what we can control. And what we can control is what happens when you walk through that door. That's what we can control. So it's building the culture, the cigar culture culture. and the community. That's right. Everything else is gravity. Politicians are going to do what they're going to do. They got their own agendas and whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. You know, we got lobbyists and all that kind of stuff. But what we focus on, we can control. And that's how we manage through it. I think that's great. I think that's great because you grow the knowledge. And knowledge is power. Uh, I mean, we're just really big on on education. I mean, if we get the chance... And it's not like, a, hey, we're doing a knowledge dump on you. It's, hey, this is what's what it's going to be important to you. This is the reason you want to smoke a cigar with aged tobacco because you're going to be able to taste the next cigar after that. You know, different things like that. Uh, how it impacts the customer is is first and foremost to us. That's fantastic. That's yeah. great. And, and the other part about it is we care and we respect the industry. I mean, we've got lots of lounges here in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, we're friends with all of the owners and all of the customers. If I'm downtown, I'm going to visit Stacy. If I'm in Omaha, of course, I'm going to visit Jeff Dahl. It's a no-brainer. And when we go to other cities, we visit their lounges. And we don't take our cigars into the lounges. We go in and we support that particular business. And even if I have my own cigars with me, which I typically carry my stash, I would never dream about going into someone else's lounge in a different town and taking my own cigars. I'm going to support that local business owner. I hold you guys up, you and Stacy specifically, as the example of what the industry should look like. Mm-hmm. Because you guys are friends. We are. And you guys, you said last time, a rising tide raises all ships. Absolutely does. And lounges and even the industry as a whole could take that message to heart, I think, a little bit more. Well, our friend Dave Frakes down at uh, Industrial. That's who I was going to mention. Yeah, yeah. You got to get down there. Okay. I mean, you want to talk about a phenomenal guy. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, we're talking about, we learned from him. Yep. We had three hours with him just on the, Monday. Yeah, just the other night. Yeah. Just the other night. And here's a guy who came home to bury his son. Wow. Here in Nebraska. Lives in Frisco. He's from Omaha. But he took the time to drive to Lincoln, Nebraska and get, time is something you can't get back. No. Gave us three hours. He brought the owner of uh, a cigar company. Principal. Down. Principal. 
Yep. The owner of Principal Cigars came with him, and we s- sat down with him. He shared some of his blends with us, and uh, here real soon we're gonna put it in order with him. Yeah, da- I mean Darren was a really a uh, top notch guy. To, he was. To, we, we had a fun night. We had a really fun <laughs> yeah. night. That's fantastic. You guys do it right here. I think I said that last time. You guys are you guys are the example to what, like I said, other owners and the industry should be. So thank you. This is the place to go when you're in Lincoln. There's no other, like there's Stacy. If you're downtown, definitely stop in, say hi to Stacy. That's right. Uh, but when you're, when you're in Lincoln, this is, I mean, this is the destination. This is where you want to go. The lounge is fantastic. Your staff is fantastic. Thank you. And your cigars. Like we'll get to that here in a minute, Jeff. Oh the, yeah. The cigars that you've got in there now. He knows about every one of them because he does all the ordering. <laughs> like yep. it's, it, it is night and day difference from the last time I was here. Oh, it is. Or what you guys are carrying now to, to compared to what you guys had six months ago. That's true. That's very. That we're is we're always changing. Always looking for, you know, if if stuff isn't turning or you know we we get it out of here and get something in that people are going to buy. That's right. That's right. And that's what it's all about. Yep. Catering to the customer. Take care of the customer. That's and, fantastic. And you'll have a business. There you go. I heard Jeff Bezos from Amazon back <laughs> in 1996. Yeah. Tony, thanks for taking Thank the time. You. I appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, my friend. All right. Take care, Tony. Take All right, Jeff. So now I'm I'm stuck with just you. Yes. Let's talk about the humidor. Because like I just said, night and day difference from, from what it was to what it is. What changed? Well, you know, <laughs> COVID gave us a, uh, some time to sit there and review the humidor look over our options. Uh, Tony mentioned we had put in a new POS system uh, called Toast, and it gave us the ability to put those cigars online maybe a day and a half after we closed. And that really set us apart from the rest of the Lincoln market. And we have been fortunately selling more cigars since COVID started than we did pre-COVID, which blows my mind. It's interesting you say that because you're not the first lounge that has said that to me yeah every lounge that i have visited here in nebraska on this trip they have all said the same thing we are up year over year and it's it has to be directly related to COVID. yeah i think part of it is people uh the work from home thing i think was huge because you had people at home during the most beautiful time of the year able to smoke cigars on their patio and do zoom calls if they needed to you know, things like that. And it makes a huge difference. It does make a huge yeah. difference. And so the, everybody has time, even when they're working now, mm-hmm. they, they can smoke. So it's fantastic for the industry as a whole. I think it's fantastic for small business owners. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, there's a lot of small businesses that aren't going to make it out of this. They haven't made it out of it. So let's talk about what's in your humidor now. There's a lot of high-end, top-shelf, <laughs> what I would consider high-end, top-shelf stuff. You've got Davidoff, you've got Adabay, you've got Byron, you've got just all kinds of really good stuff. And it's not just stuff that you like because I'm kind of a cigar snob. You are a little bit of a cigar snob. Yes, sir. Uh, And you have turned me into a little bit of a cigar snob. What is, what goes through your mind when you're placing an order? Is it just stuff you like? No. And uh, I've really had to work on that because when I, I went to start here, that was kind of my mission. You know, Hey, I want this to look like Jeff's Jeff's humidor at home kind of thing. And I quickly realized that, just because I like it doesn't mean the customers will always like it. Some do, you know, some have a similar palette. Um, but like uh, Tony mentioned, our, our relationship with Dave Frakes and Industrial, you know, usually if something does well there, it'll do well here. You know, they sell a lot of Patoro. So we brought in Patoro to try that out. Nice Dominican cigar uh, company. So yeah, it just kept tailoring it to, to what other people would like. Great relationship with Crux. Um, 
they actually helped us a lot during the shutdown. They gave us oh, wow. some of their age stock that they found in their warehouse <laughs> when they moved warehouses. So they had uh, some PB5s from 2018, sent us 50 boxes at a discount. We sold them to our members for a great price, kind of an exclusive thing, and they're they smoking really good right now. Uh, have you seen any difficulty getting stock? <sighs> yes, and it's it's just hitting in the last maybe month, maybe two months. So is it that is it that the industry is sold through what they had on hand and getting more things in is the problem? It's that, um, and it's that they shut down many of the cigar factories. So, and even now, many of them are rolling. Some have had a second shutdown. Some are rolling at fifty percent capacity. So, when I place an order for a hundred boxes from from a company, I might get thirty of them. Oh wow! And so, there's some huge back order lists sitting out there. That's probably another reason we have such a variety is, uh, you know, kind of wanted to spread the orders around to get stuff in. So um, really concentrated on getting some new lines, new brands in for people to try. And so now instead of walking through the humidor and grabbing one or two or three of their favorites, there's all this new stuff. So they get done and they got five or six sticks in their hand. And I mean, that, that definitely helps sales. For sure. Yeah. So how did you during during the drive up when you guys were closed and you were just doing the the grab and go stuff and you had Mary Ellen's here, how did you sell cigars? Um, a lot of it was social media. So, you know, might do a Facebook live and talk about something we got in. It might just be an Instagram or Facebook post. Um, sometimes it was literally just putting it in the POS system and somebody seeing something new because anything I put in there goes live on the website right away. Uh, they're tied together. What's uh, the website? Uh, CapitalCigar.com. There you go. Yeah. And you can click on the banner to order to-go cocktails or uh, uh, cigars. Unfortunately, we we're, we haven't been shipping out of state. That's kind of our next project. Um, we're doing a lot with some golf courses now, so that's kind of the next logical step because we are selling to some golf courses out of state is to start selling online to the to anybody, really, in the United States. Um, so that's, that's kind of one of the next things up in the next quarter or two that we're going to launch. I think it's great to see local B&Ms get into the online game. Yeah. Because you and I both know, you and I, uh, full disclosure, you're in a couple of different clubs, yep. the, the cigar clubs that I'm in, and online cigar clubs. Uh, that's the big thing. A lot of people order online because it's cheaper, because it's faster, it's easier than than going into a lounge right now. Yep. You don't get the, the brick and mortar experience with suggestions or a lot of times the ability to buy a single of something. Um, but you also don't pay like in high tax states. It's a huge burden. I mean, Nebraska is kind of in the middle there at 20% tobacco tax. Uh, when we get stuff in, you got to pay 20% on it that month, whether we sell a cigar on it or not. And that's that's a burden like and it, and it gets added into the price. And so it does make a difference. I'll be honest, your cigar prices aren't that far out of line with what some of the online is. Certainly yeah. it's, it's higher, yep. but it's not it's not overtly higher. It's not like sticker shock higher. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're also paying for that. You know, hey, you can smoke inside when there's six inches of snow on the ground Absolutely. kind of privilege. The rent rent isn't free, unfortunately. Do you see business pick up when snow starts to fall? Yes. Uh, typically we do. We'll see what it's like this year. But <laughs> Right. You guys are 75% capacity? Is that what you 75%, told me? 75%. But we don't have enough chairs to hit our 75% number. So... I mean, we're we're back to normal essentially. Okay, come winter, it's not going to be a big deal. No. Okay, so that's good. That's that's yeah. that's good. How do you train your staff? Like this <laughs> is this is interesting. So with lounge owners, I typically talk thirty thousand foot 
you know, you're looking down at the business as a whole. It's big picture stuff. With you, you're the humidor coach. Mm -hmm. How do you train your staff? Every staff member that starts, whether they're at the bar or going to be in the humidor, spends kind of an extensive cigar 101 with me. There's some written materials. We try to have them go through uh, the Tobacco University book, which it's they're doing an updated one. It's a little dated. It's a lot of technical information you probably don't need, but it's nice to pick a nugget out every once in a while. Right. But I pick a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and basically I'm uninterrupted with a staff member in the humidor for about two hours going around the humidor, first starting with the parts of a cigar, how to cut and light a cigar, and then going through each section. And here's why, here's the story behind this brand. Here's why it's in our humidor. Here's what makes it special. Here's what's important to the customer. And that's the stuff that sells cigars, actually. When people know the story behind why this company, why you should trust this company, why you should put your hard-earned money into this cigar, they're more apt to, to trust your recommendations. Well, and I think that goes to a lounge as a whole. Yeah. If you know the story behind the lounge, if you're a regular and you know Tony yep. and you know Jeff yep. and you know your bartenders, like you're you're more apt to come back and spend time and money in a place that you know the history behind. Yeah. I sat down with a member. My wife and I sat down with a member for two or three hours the other night. He talked about how that it's it's a family here. And, you know, we, we had a few people that we lost to, to COVID. Not, I mean, they haven't passed away. Right? Okay. Yeah, good. yeah. Thank you for clarifying. They, they, they moved back home to, you know, one went to South Dakota. One, you know, decided to take up some other causes that were important to them. Um, but they were they were almost taken aback. They're like, we feel like we need like a newsletter that let us know where these people went. You know, like that's how tied they were to these, these folks. And they're like, I, I like the new folks. I'm getting to know them. Um, but, you know, we hadn't really experienced much, much turnover. But unfortunately... COVID caused a little turnover. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's part of any business, but it's a little harder when you're, when you're building a family and you're building a, 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 a team like you guys are. Yep. Where do you see the humidor going? Cause you are, you've added a ton of new stuff. Yep. What are you looking to add in the near future? Well, we just added, uh, you probably, it's changed since you've been here. We added a, a pretty substantial Island in the middle that has some display space both along the sides, on the top. Look like a, PO, uh, a point of sale? Yep, yep. Of sale yeah, that had been added since then. Um, that We got that maybe a month before COVID hit, and I, I tell you, it was a blessing because we didn't have the online system ready to go with the, the old POS system. This one, it's tied together. If it's in the POS system, it's on our website. And that was a godsend when, when everything happened. So, um, so I spent a day and a half figuring out how to get everything on there, get it live, get all the options built in, uh, so it was doing the deliveries the right way, those kind of things. Um, and it was just amazing to be in here because when there's a carryout or delivery order, there's this large tone from every one of the POS systems in here. And it's like music to our ears when it was going off during this time because when we set it up, I think in like a half hour, all of a sudden like an order came in and we were just shocked. And then it, would, like, it just kept going off and going off. And we were just amazed when we put this post out there that now you can buy stuff online. And our customers were doing anything they could to support us, whether it was just buying a gift card or buying a few cigars or buying some drinks. Um, it was amazing, the support. What's your favorite cigar in the humidor right now? And don't say Dream State. Well, okay. We're not talking price or anything. Just no, my just your favorite? My my favorite cigar is the Byron uh, 21st. Uh, oh, boy. It's not Exquisito or something. It's something like that, though. But the Byron 21st. It's the only Byron we have in there. Okay. It, it, elegantes 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 um it's like smoking silk if you could roll up silk and smoke it it's the smoothest cigar i've ever had have you smoked everything in the humidor i have not smoked everything in the humidor 
Okay. I do my best. So how do you buy then? Do you buy off based off what you think the customers are going to like? Yes. And, you know, there's a few times where we, we missed the mark there. But uh, like the CAO Bones was new just recently. I looked at our humidor and I said, hey, we, we don't have anything broadleaf in there, hardly any broadleaf. And so this is a really reasonably priced broadleaf. Uh, it's got a nice gimmick behind it, which still matters. You know, we don't have plain packaging, so it still matters. And um, I think we got two boxes in and they sold out in like seven hours. Oh, wow. For a B&M that, you know, isn't selling around the country or anything, that, that's great. So, you know, went whole hog and ordered a bunch more of them and they're they're still selling good. But Basically, I look at uh, the the reputation that that you know that company has, and I'll buy based on that. Just you know, a few boxes to try out. What's your favorite budget stick in the humidor right now? <sighs> the uh, Hoya de Nicaragua, the uh, and Antono Connecticut um, is. I mean, it's ten dollars, I think, in there. And for Connecticut, I'd say it's a mild plus. It, it crosses that mild barrier. There's different flavor transitions in it. There's a ton of flavor in it for a Connecticut, and I'm just I'm amazed at it. Because this is a college town, I think we may have touched on this a little bit the last time. But because this is a college town, what are some of the what are some of the challenges that you have with educating your customers? We don't get a, a bunch of the college crowd in, not be you know, we're not downtown. So we don't get a, a bunch of the college crowd in. We get a lot of younger professionals like we talked about. Um, you know, they'll come in, you know, after five o'clock on a Friday in suits. You know, that's that's not your typical college student or no. anything like that. Um, but, you know, they come in, they look for that education. Some of them maybe have never had cigars before. So we talk to them about maybe how they take their coffee because it hits similar parts of the palate. You know, if you take your coffee with a lot of cream and sugar, you're probably not going to be having a bold Connecticut broadleaf cigar. Um, you know, and vice versa. You might not think there's a lot of flavor in a cigar, like a, a lighter Connecticut shade cigar, if you like black coffee. I mean, you might. I mean, I, I like I like all the ranges, and I drink my coffee black. Uh, but it, you know, yeah, you're painting with a broad brush there because I'm the guy who likes black coffee, and I like a mild yeah, yeah. medium cigar. Yeah, it's it's a good spot to start though, and that's the key. So they have that first cigar, and they go, ah, you know, I, I think I could go with something a little stronger. Or no, no, Jeff, that that knocked me on my butt. <laughs> Um, so, and we get, a, you know, we talked in a little bit before we get a good chunk of uh, female smokers and some are just here, some are here just as a group, you know, a group of, you know, four to six women smoking cigars. Um, but some of them are just kind of, it's date night, it's a tag along, you know? And so we got some flavored cigars, cigars are unisex. I'm telling you that because people come in and ask me for, where's the cigars for ladies? And I'm like, Hey, our cigars are unisex. That's the most ridiculous question I think I've heard asked in the last month let me <laughs> let me let's talk about when we talked about a little bit with tony here it is typically usually old white guys who yeah. like cigars this is a very diverse lounge oh yes so it's not it's not just old white guys i promise it, it is very diverse it's a great place to come if you're in lincoln nebraska head down here but i want to talk about women because as, as a newer cigar smoker only in it for two years i remember walking into lounges and not knowing the first goddamn thing and being so overwhelmed and being honestly a little intimidated and so the fairer sex comes in and it's still mostly men yep. maybe not old white men but it's still mostly yep. men that can be very intimidating and very off-putting what do you guys do here uh, and i already know the answer to this but i'm going to ask you what, what do you guys do here to to make them feel welcome make them feel at ease and make them feel like they're part of the family yeah 
I mean, first of all, you know, a lot of I know a lot of shops that you'd walk in if it was a husband and wife on a date night, they would immediately ask the 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 gentleman what he would like to smoke or whatever. I'm 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 old school. It's ladies first, so I start with them. And you know, if they like, oh no, no, I never smoke or whatever. Hey, that's great. I just want to make sure to offer, you know, at least and, and everything. But do the same education process that I would with with anybody else. I ask how they, you know, take their coffee, you know, what, what are you planning on drinking tonight? Uh, those kind of things. And if they're like, oh, you know, I, I just want to try something little. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll go over and we'll try some little flavored cigars. But I don't make that assumption uh, because we have some really um, some real fe- female aficionados here. I mean, that come in and like, no, I, I only like a Lancero, you know, or whatever. I mean, and they, they know exactly what they're talking about. And we love them. <laughs> and that seems to be a trend that there's a lot more women smokers. And so I think lounges across the country really need to, to understand that and do what yeah. you guys do. And yeah. ladies first to ask them what they're smoking. If they don't great. Yep. They do. What do you want to smoke? I mean, some things are really small details, but I mean, we got hooks underneath the bar to hang up your purse. You know, I mean, we, we have the needed, That's- the needed female products in the bathroom at, you know, at their, you know, they're needed. We got, breath mints and lotion in both bathrooms not just the men's and women's i mean it's interesting that you say that i was at i was at a safari cigar lounge in omaha earlier today and i was sitting with with jeff and mary and as when they left i got up and i was looking around and and taking the video for the lounge review for the uh, simplystogies.com and they're mints yeah i've never seen that anywhere and now you're saying no i've got mints too we got toothbrushes i mean if you need to freshen up before you head home we got toothbrushes. We got little bottles of scope. Do you do that before you go home? No, no. My wife is a cigar smoker, so she actually got me smoking you are a cigars. Lucky man. See, yeah. see, I I like your wife more than I like you already. Oh, that's not surprising. Yeah, that's not surprising <laughs> at all. You you were telling me earlier about a spray. Yeah. What is what is this spray? So we tried a few different kinds of uh, smoke spray, um, and this was before I started here. We've had the same one since since I started a little over a year ago, um, but. We've tried different ones for the members so, you know, they can spray their jacket before they go home so they don't stink or head back, head to work that day. Some come in at six in the morning and enjoy a cigar. Um, But the one we have now, we had a member with a Four Seasons room that he'd smoked in. He wanted to put the place up for sale and he couldn't get the smell out. And I mean, he sprayed the walls. He wiped them down. He did all this stuff. We got this smoke spray in and and he sprayed it on a, a furnace filter, put it on front of a box fan and just did that, had that running in there for two days gone wow and so it works really good we buy it by the gallon we put it in little four ounce spray bottles we sell it very reasonable what's the name uh, of it uh you know i i'd have to look on the bottle for the name we don't put the name on the bottle oh. we, we want to keep selling you want to keep selling <laughs> oh, there you go that, you know it's, it's order secret it from ancient or, chinese secret there you go order order uh, directly from capital cigar yeah, capital yeah. cigar.com you guys should put that on the website yeah because that's i don't know if we have it on there now we got some of our accessories on there but i need to add that that's the other new thing. I saw a ton of accessories. It wasn't that you didn't have accessories yeah. before, but now they seem to be more prominently displayed. Yeah, and it's and it's low. They're low right now. We went through a ton of. I just keep ordering cutters, and they just keep going. Like, it's amazing, and they've been tough to get. Is the funny thing? They're like out of stock, just like a lot of this other stuff. Uh, wow. you know, some of it's probably made in China. There were supply issues there. Um, you know, it's just that supply ripple has hit everything in the cigar industry. So you're a cigar nerd. Like I'm shifting gears here because I don't I don't have the opportunity a lot to have cigar nerds on the show with me. And I'm not nearly uh, as big of a cigar nerd as I wish I was. But you're it. Like you know broadly if you know all this stuff, you know what is the 
if you could put one cigar in that humidor and always have it stocked for everybody, what would it be? Boy, that I mean, that is like a really tough question. I mean, one of my favorite band, brands is Castagli. Castagli, yeah. Um, it was known as Bespoke. I would love to have it in here. Unfortunately, we are the only Alec Bradley partnered lounge in the country, <sighs> and Alec Bradley is who caused Bespoke to do that name change. <laughs> yes. Um, so that is one that I, you know, I, we both know Vlad. Uh, Been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We both know Vlad. Would love to have his cigars in here. It's one of those that I've questioned whether it would sell here, given the fact that we're selling these higher end and Pator ones. I think it would sell great. You have Adabe, you have Davidoff, and you've got Padron in there. I I might revisit it and see if we can do something. Alec Bradley does, it lets us sell anything we want to. We just give them, you know, the first section in the humidor when you come in. I would love to have their stuff in here because I mean it's I just I love every one of their cigars. I, try. I haven't had a bad Castagli. You know, yeah. you know, yes, I, I am a Castagli fanboy. Yeah, you know. Um, so if I had to pick one, that's probably it that we don't have in there. Um, we have a really good selection now. I mean, you you you, you really do. Dream State a little bit, but I love that cigar. Archetype has done a fantastic job yeah. with this line. I don't know how long Archetype will be around, and it will be a sad day for me when they're gone. Um, because just they are part of a very large tobacco company that focuses how, on cigarettes. How many boxes of Archetype do you have at home? At home? Yes. I mean, well, my wife's not going to listen to the podcast. Probably so, not. yeah, yeah. Um, I probably have five or six boxes of Dream State, a couple boxes of Sage Advice. But that's where I stop. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a uber fan of the whole line, but I like the ones that are, are Davidoff, cousin Davidoff related. When they hit, they hit. Yeah. They yeah. really do. Yeah. And Dream State and Sage Advice are both made in the Occidental Factory, which is you know blended by Henrik Kellner, and everything he makes just seems to hit my palate great. They're fantastic. Yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. It's my second favorite. Davidoff is. Yeah, and so anything that Kellner does is. Yeah, both Tony and I. That's our yeah. our cigar of choice. You know, I mean, that's what I have the most of at home is Davidoff, and I just I really enjoy him. You know, it's it's sad getting a little personal here before I think the most I had was Castagli and now uh, I think the most I have is Davidoff yeah but it's because I've smoked all my Castagli yeah that's the reason for me it's every Davidoff I have I know it's going to be constructed almost perfect yep is there a dud every once in a while sure yeah it's a hand rolled product there's going to be a dud but I mean almost always I can use a punch and I got a perfect draw on it it burns great the flavor is most of the time there, uh, you know, with the exception of, I would say, the, the Winston Churchill Traveler from last year was a huge disappointment. I have one left that I'm just going to let sit for a while and hope it's good. I think I have four left. I bought a box. I gave I gave some out. I've smoked two, and the two that I smoked were, had at least a year of age on them and it was not. Yeah, I, I don't know. But usually anything they put out is going to be a hit. I buy it blind. Tony and I split a box. Yeah. 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 What's the biggest thing uh, that you've learned working in a lounge? Being the humidor coach for Capital, what's the biggest thing you've learned? I think the biggest thing I've learned as as, uh, operating a humidor is you have to stock what people want to buy. You can can get people to try stuff out of their comfort zone every once in a while, but you have to have some of the basics in there. When I I started, it was very boutique, you know, for lack of a better term. There was a lot of stuff in there that people hadn't heard of, and we still have a lot of that stuff, but we've added Oliva, which is hugely popular. We already had Alec Bradley. We have a Cohiba Lounge in back, so we got Cohiba. Um, 
But really the rest of it, I mean, Davidoff and Padron, you can't go wrong there. But the rest of the stuff, I mean, you've got to be in there and talking about it to sell it. I mean, I love, I'm a Crown Heads fanboy. Nobody knows that they're Crown Heads. They might, I want the four kicks. They don't know it's Crown Heads because it doesn't say Crown Heads anywhere. Right. Um, but there's a lot of brands like that that you just, you need a little Cavalier is another great one oh, that if Cavalier's people know about so it. so good. Yeah, it's so good. And Sebastian is, is such a great guy who owns the company. Uh, very I want to get Sebastian guy. on the podcast. Oh, he would. He would. He's great. Yeah. Uh, funny story, which is what I, I was going to tell you this story earlier. I went into the humidor. Uh, Gabby was great. Uh, the the bartender, she was fantastic. I went to the humidor. Uh, I was I picked up one of the Black Series. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy one of the Black Series. When I picked up one, there was one next to it that fell out. And I went to try to grab it before it fell. And then they both fell on the floor. And so I just bought them both. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want anybody else to buy it, especially if I've if I've if I've hit it. Okay, so I want to end the, the the podcast this interview on a fun question. And fun because your wife's not listening. Oh jeez. How many cigars do you have at home in your personal inventory? If you had to guess, I'm guessing No, I, you're not like me. I have I use the cigar scanner yeah. app. I know exactly how many I have. I have almost a thousand now, and that's not bragging. That's a little bit sad. How many do you have? Pre-COVID, I think I had about 1,200. When I looked at how many fit my average Tupperware and <laughs> stacked it up, I have since filled up a 120-quart cooler. So my best estimate is about 2,000. Wow. Um, I have really focused on not expanding my storage lately and, and smoking through stuff I have and keeping an even level. Well, you talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Because of COVID, you've actually picked up smoking more, right? A little bit more, yeah. I mean, uh, before I, I started the the new job at the state, they, they frown upon smoking in cubicles, so I, I don't do that yet. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I love how you put yet. Yeah, the you know, there's that. a lot. I'm on conference calls all day long, and it's really tempting just to go outside and set up shop and and do that because the, the you know cell phones work outside too. So. Yes, they do. Yeah, yes, they do. So you've got to see now. I need my wife to listen to this so she can hear that you have double what I have, and she won't be upset. You know what? I, that is not the norm, and it's. You know what? It'll probably bite me in the butt sometime because stuff will start. You know, it's like wine. It's a bell curve how stuff ages and it'll it'll go downhill. You know, eventually a lot of stuff is really good with age. A lot of it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Jeff, thank you so much for sitting down with me talking about this. Folks, when you are in Lincoln, Nebraska, Capital Cigar Lounge, Jeff, what's the address here? 5505 South 16th Street. There you go. This is the place to go. This is the destination spot in Lincoln. So, and, and it's only an hour away from Omaha. So, that's true. If you're in Omaha and you have visited Savari Cigar Lounge, get in your car, drive down here, tell Jeff, tell Tony, you heard about it on Simply Stogies. Uh, say hello. Got a great humidor packed with a ton of stuff, welcoming, inviting, and the air system here is phenomenal. Like, it's just, it's like we said, it's gone. Yep. Almost as soon as it's yeah, out of Yeah, they went over and above what they needed to do, and it created a really uh, friendly environment to, to be in. There you go. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. Join me next time when I don't know what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.